0: For April 4th, 2022, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 718. I made the salt waffles, and I wanted revenge. It's overthinking it, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. Never happier than when we are hanging out and talking about the things that we love. But sometimes there's nothing we love. Sometimes we are bereft of love. Our souls <laughs> dark,
1: Think yourself, Matt. Jeez.
0: Dark and 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 cold and and just isolated and and lonely. It's like we're are we talking uh...
2: about Morbius, the living vampire. Now is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, isn't that uh, The number
2: one film in America? Mortius. Isn't that,
0: haven't they done a Maverick with that and like rescheduled it two or three times? Uh, I'm really excited about Maverick though, guys. That's, that's coming up. That's, that's a movie that we're not talking about on the podcast, uh, tonight, though in a way we're all Mavericks all the time. Uh, so, you know, that's what we, uh, that's what we talk about in every podcast that, that we do. No, I'm Matt rather I'm here with my good friends who, uh, have nothing to talk about. It's Pete Fenzel. Hey, Pete. Hey, Matt. And uh, Mark Lee. Hey, Mark.
1: I have things to talk about, but I mostly involve my children, and this is not yet the Over-Parenting It podcast.
0: I always thought... <laughs> that, uh, not yet. I mean, I, I feel like a a cool dad blog would have been a great idea when we were starting a blog. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that like that we, uh, it's a timing problem. We just, uh, uh, our, your, your cool dad phases, uh, didn't coincide with the cool dad blog phase. You'd need to start like a cool dad, TikTok now or something like that. Um, Let's, uh, let's, let's just talk about, you know, talk about what's been going on guys. I'm, I've been, you know, I have a wedding coming up, uh, in, you know, some, some time I've got, I've got some time and I'm trying to, uh, fit into my dress, you know, no, I'm trying to, (laughs) well, no, but I. We'd like to, we, we were thinking about it, like people coming, you know, we'd like to look good. We'd like to, we'd like to be healthy. So we've been eating, uh, trying to eat nutritious food, uh, so that we may be healthy, not healthy food, healthy food, I feel like is an, an inappropriate, um, what exactly? It's not a metonymy. It's not a synecdoche. Well, I guess it's a metonymy. It's a health. It's healthy food because you associate the food with healthiness, maybe. Uh, but the food itself is not healthy. Healthiness is a property of living beings. Food is either nutritious or not nutritious. You know, it's not, a. Uh, um, it's, it's not like an aura. It's not a, a, uh, you know, halo of goodness that, uh, Attaches to certain foods. No, but we've been trying to eat uh, more nutritious food, and we've been been trying to to cut out the the sugar and the the carbs, the the starchy white, you know, the starchy white substances like uh, like the Wonder Bread, which I used to just uh, I I my lunch used to be I would take like three bags of wonder bread, you know, shove them down until about the size of a uh, of a Las Vegas craps die because that's all the matter that's in there. It's it's mostly <laughs> wonder bread like the universe is mostly empty space. And uh, you know, just sort of eat that with a a little bit of water. I've been stopping, been and, not
1: and you, and you initiate a fusion reaction?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: With the in, in the density. Oh, the I
0: bread. I initiate a fusion reaction, Mark, but usually not until the next morning so the uh the um you know the the thoughts that i've been having the dreams have been really centered around you know grains and uh and i, I just want to know what are your favorite grains guys what are you <laughs> what are your favorite what are your favorite uh, cereal grains to to cook with millet spelt <laughs> barley, barley <corn>. yeah barley <laughs> Quinoa. Uh, (laughs) Do you call me John Barleycorn, sir? Well, I think it is you who shall be wearing the horns. (laughs) Let's do a Renaissance drama tonight, guys. Let's uh, let's improvise a uh, let's improvise a whole. you know, early modern uh, English uh, sex comedy. No, what 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 have you what have you guys been cooking in the way of of uh, grains, or do you not do you not do that? Have you been on on the same uh, the same low carb kick that I've been on? Nope.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. probably should be, but I'm not. I mean, it, this is funny because this is the. We found our destination. Now let's go back and find the road that leads there, right? Which is that Mark and I had both been talking about cooking rice, right? So, so Matt, I'll answer you authentically. I've been cooking some rice lately, a variety of different kinds of rice. Would oh, you yeah? like me to talk to you about it? I,
0: I mean, like long grain <laughs> rice, short grain rice, <laughs> jasmine oh, rice.
2: There's a couple of different ways to approach, but why don't I just start from there? The uh, In our home now, we have... I guess you could call they're not casks, but they're canisters, like clear plastic canisters with gasket seals, uh, sort of like mason jars, but lacking in the sort of uh, twee aesthetic. They're, they're sort of more utilitarian. Yeah. And in them, you can find a variety of different kinds of staples of that sort, such as uh, flour, like different kinds of flour, right? No, that's
0: good. Uh, I've never found them particularly useful. Like, I feel like there's, those things are more... Useful in a commercial kitchen where you go through those those staples a lot, but I feel like it's in in most residential kitchens, it's a form of home of kitchen knolling that is not you know uh, that is more aesthetic than utilitarian. But you tell me, you tell me, I, you t- it-
1: I take issue with that, Matt. But yeah. I'm a, I'm going to do a real pizza setup. For you you, you tell think- me, you I'll, dip I'll come a, back to that.
0: You dip a measuring cup into these casks uh, from time to time and and <laughs> measure out yes! a measure of grain.
2: I yes. do. Yes, That's exactly what you do, man. I would also suggest that we have more people in our home that we're responsible for feeding, and so the waffle portions – the number of waffles you set out to make at any given time starts to rise, right? There's a sort of geometric increase in your volume of waffle cooking as you get married and have kids and kind of add – really, you can think of a human being best as a a sort of waffle – a kind of a cause do waffle like a thing for which a waffle is made and consumed by right is is what a human being is uh, and so you want to have, have reading like have
1: me i gotta interject here have you been reading sapiens no no which no is, but the, the thesis of the book is that a human being is a cause do wheat
2: oh gotcha yeah. gotcha gotcha uh, that that in the that we evolved because wheat is, is benefits from the niche that we provide them
1: Essentially, like, yeah. So our entire human civilization um, uh, raised up the, uh, because we were captive to to, to,
2: um, to harvesting wheat. And you know, wheat must be so mad at corn for totally <laughs> stealing its its man and, la- and woman and everything else.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that's the thesis of of Michael Pollan's The Omnivore's Dilemma is that we've been domesticated by corn, by the corn, <laughs> by our our overlord, the okay. corn plant.
1: Okay, we've we've established that this is is, is a thing. Cause the we corn, cause the wheat, cause the cause the waffle.
0: Exactly. It caused oh. a
1: rice,
2: of course, right? Oh, yes. If we want to talk about rice. But yeah, I would I would say, Matt, that my life has changed a lot to have gotten to the point where, you know, at some point this week, I was thinking, I am going to do battle with my nemesis, the waffle. Have I talked to you both about my nemesis, the waffle?
0: <laughs> no, but... I know we
2: talk about rice, but these I, are all cereal grain, well, like cereal grains. They're I would like
0: professional- you to. I would like you to. Do you make the waffle with rice flour, perhaps?
2: Uh, oh, man, maybe I should have. It would have worked better than what I did. So, uh... My my wife is so familiar with the different ingredients that a bunch of the canisters in the washing have lost the labels that they were given many years ago. Oh yeah, you made it with salt instead yes, of yes, I made it oh, a bunch oh, of, salt yes, yeah. of salt. Yes, and they were terrible and disgusting. But I <laughs> ate the uh, I ate three of them out of spite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and they were spite t- for <laughs> whom? <laughs> that's, that's not cruel fate, Matt. <laughs> cruel fate.
2: <laughs> the, Pete, you don't deserve that. Is, closes the waffle iron oh, on each Oh,
0: God, rest. Pete, you're more in need of a dog than any man I know That's <laughs> That is probably accurate dog... Wait, is,
1: is, it, is it to provide succor in this moment of pain, or is it just to feed the, the salty waffles? The,
0: feed, the dog would have eaten the salty, salty waffles and would have looked at you with pure love and adoration for feeding it you know, oh, amazing.
2: Like, I did. I did think today. Yeah, sorry. Continue. No, no,
0: no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm going to try and sell you on a dog. I'm trying to sell. going to sell you on like going down to the shelter and finding a finding a good girl or boy. But, uh, you know, so, but I, I don't need to do that well, right now. I,
2: I will to, to, to digress two levels in before we dig our way back out to the rice, I will say that today I I was musing over how I have never felt more alpha in the biological sense of alpha than when I brought my son a smoothie he did not expect and watched him enjoy it with like utter just revelry. (laughs) Right now it's just like, yes, I am. I am providing for this child. And, And like, I'm the, I'm the big one and the strong one and he's the little one who needs me. And I'm like, I'm helping out this family and I'm, I'm, uh, and and everybody's so happy that I brought this smoothie, uh, and I just sort of felt very confident and and pleased. And if I had known, you know, 10, 20 years ago uh, what I know now about the satisfaction of giving a child a smoothie, uh, I probably would have made some poor choices in my life when I was 20, 22 years <laughs> old. <laughs> but uh, but okay. to dig my way out of that, right, to sort of get my way back way out of that, uh, yes, this week I was looking to – redeem myself because i i i made the salt waffles and then i wanted revenge but uh my wife made waffles for the first time <laughs> after that before i got to make them revenge and then I decided, on who? Revenge on <laughs> fight for fate, who Matt, cruel fate <laughs> no no waffles but what we make Matt. no <laughs> waffles but what we make <laughs> and so But then I decided that I would do battle with breakfast in a different way, and that's when I started practicing making French omelets, and that's something I've been doing. Uh, Did anyone mention we've all been locked in our houses for two
0: years?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I've been practicing making omelets, and I've gotten to sort of like a decent basic level of making omelets, which I never knew how to do before. Uh, But then I was like, okay, I'm finally ready to stop this task avoidance and do battle with the waffle when I realized we had whole wheat flour – But we didn't have all purpose flour. Uh And the recipe that I was looking at called for both. And I had learned from uh, the past that, uh, you know, I should not I should not be glib or flippant or casual about the sorts of powders that I mix when I make uh, either what, you know, deals with Heisenberg or uh, or breakfast breakfast. (laughs) Cakes. <laughs> I,
0: I learned that at the I learned that at the CrossFit gym, Pete, not to mix my powders, but I, I stayed no, up I stayed no, no. up for seventy two hours one time first, you know. Oh uh,
2: yeah, a little pre workout in there is uh, your your pre workout is my workout. No, I think it's the other way around. So yes, so I will say to back it all the way up that we have uh, several different very large canisters of rice in the bottom shelf of our pantry. And uh, it has been a cause of minor to intermediate error on more than one occasion that we've cooked the basmati rice when we meant to cook the like regular white rice Mm, and and so i don't i'm the kind of person in terms of how i relate to cooking that i'm sort of like ooh, happy accident right this thing tastes weird (laughs) and it's like oh it's delicious i made it i don't know what i don't know how to make i'm more proud that i didn't totally screw it up but uh i think you do eventually learn that that there are different rices for different applications for sure uh, I mean, I could go on, but my, i've I've gone in and out of different topics so much that perhaps I'll pause there. Um, I mean, yeah, we have three people in our family. We're going to have four people in our family. And, hey! not too hey! and that means more rice for everybody. And it, But it also means that, like, oh, man, I can fill that canister w- with rice for a lot less than I can fill my loneliness with General So's chicken, which is something I used to do on a fairly regular basis <laughs> and now do much more seldomly, um, perhaps because I have to fill a daycare with uh, a child that is uh, – I don't want to make the sort of bowl of total pyramid that is like the amount of General Tso's chicken that I could buy for like what I pay in daycare. But that,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
0: man, yeah, they they actually they they have a whole uh, uh, tub. They have a whole tub full of General Tso's chicken that they let the kids jump into and play around in. It's what the it's oh, what yeah. passes for a ball pit uh, yes. these days. But you know, yeah. Pete, the uh, the General Tso's chicken probably came with a big old serving of rice. Indeed, uh, indeed. Know.
2: That's for well, that's that's part of the trick. I mean, perhaps this could be our first subtopic on Rice (laughs) Cast (laughs) 2022, which is there is a problem, a some sort of problem in communication wherein of the cuisines with which the recipes, at least in America, are served with rice. You know, as in you order it and you either take it away or you have it delivered and it is a takeaway food and then rice is sort of not included with the food so it doesn't get too soggy and it's in the, in a the side container. And in some places it's included with the meal and in other places it isn't. And there's no way of knowing this, right? Like, they, mm. like, I mean, maybe they tell you, maybe they don't tell you. What's your baseline expectation when you go to order a dish with rice? And again, I don't order out all that often anymore and I used to order out a lot. Because we have these big canisters of cereal grains in our uh, pandemic uh, survival bunker. For, for Instagram,
0: <laughs> but, mostly for Instagram.
2: Hey, well, there you go. You order out for Instagram? Yeah, uh, I,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't. I don't make my own Instagram. I mean, what am I, an influencer?
2: <laughs> Get my Instagram delivered. In shame, while well, I play Team Fortress Two, what is this? 2014. Uh, so, so yes, uh, got it. So, so
0: what, I, what I'm getting from this, Pete, is that the the that corn and the the pyramid of corn syrup flavored root beer has now been placed replaced with a rice and a pyramid of rice canisters that uh, you know have have taken the place and and show your maturity, show that you have yeah. sort of entered a new phase in your life. Actually, you have gone through several phases since then. A new a new new phase in your life, and that. The, the the pyramid of rice is this. So, so Pete, here's, here's what I propose to you. Okay. Uh, for every overthinking and podcast that we've done, I want you to give me an amount of rice. For podcast episode <laughs> one... I want you to give me one grain of rice okay, for podcast okay. episode two. I want you to give me two grains of rice for sure. podcast episode three. I want you to give me two to the third or four grains of rice or no, sorry, two sure. squared or four grains of rice yep. uh, episode four, two to the third or eight grains of rice and so on up to mm-hmm. whatever this is podcast 700 and, and, and okay. something like that uh, until we, you know, I don't know, exceed the, the, the amount of matter in the universe yeah, uh, with say, grains of rice.
2: I'd have to sort of figure out how to get more atoms, and not, let alone more rice to do that sort of thing. But I think that seems up. I mean, you don't, that seems you don't have atoms
0: in a canister in the bottom shelf of your pantry. <laughs> <It's just> a- <laughs>
2: Yes. I have, I have a canister that has a number of atoms equal to all of the thought experiments. That, uh, <laughs> I have one canister that has all the number and a number of atoms equal to the number of possible chess positions in it. Right. I have another, uh, um, that has yeah, no, a I've,
0: to- I've one, I've one that just, it just is trolley tracks just as like, you know, play school train <laughs> type tro- trolley tracks for my utilitarian nightmare world scenarios.
2: Oh, good, good, good. I'm glad that's totally, you gotta have, you gotta have enough, uh, Enough. we were going to build a rice-based computer where each piece of rice is either long grain or short grain, and then it can uh, can reorganize itself. I mean, okay,
0: sure. Let's or you could say- build a quantum computer where you have you know long grain, short grain, basmati rice, mm-hmm. uh, you know brown rice. You could have a, a, what forbidden rice? The black rice, forbidden rice. The uh, yeah, you could have a, a quantum computer then, where each bit could encode more than two states of of uh, information.
2: That's true. That would. Can I, yeah. can I get
1: her to try to answer Pete's question, which I think you were asking earnestly, right? Yes.
2: About I don't. I almost the, always ask questions. That's not true. About half my questions are jokes, <laughs> but the other half, I'm, even when they're jokes, I'd be curious what the answer is.
1: Okay, so you're you're yeah. really wondering, like the, the, the it, it is of um, some consternation to you, or uh, 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 not totally clear to you as to when you order out, when the rice comes, just kind of you know in, in the broader dish or is separate and aside. Yes, because it like is. it's a, it's yeah. a simple thing of sauciness, is it not? Well, okay, so uh, go on, in, in, indulge me, okay. continue. You got fried rice; it's not saucy. Like the rice is just in the dish; right. uh, it, it is all there, right? Right. Thai food, um, Chinese food, um, uh, Indian food—you get that. Um, those are saucy foods. The rice is set aside, and so you uh, integrate uh, all of it uh, only uh, late late stage, so that. Um, the the rice does not get overly soggy i mean that's that's kind of it is it not
2: okay okay so the question that i'm then adding is yes let's let's posit that you're ordering let's change up <clears throat> let's change up the general Tso's chicken a little bit and let's say that you're ordering uh you know thai curry sh- or thai uh, chili shrimp right a sort of nice spicy sweet thai dish that you would assume would would need rice to go with it which you would package separately right and and so i understand the answer to that question which is that you have the thai uh sweet chili shrimp would include the vegetables maybe some pea pods maybe some some little carrots or whatever uh and then you have the uh the container of rice the question is when you order the dish do you have to also order the rice? Do You have to like scroll down to the bottom of your whatever, uh, you know, not mainstream food ordering app you're using. You know, like like Munch It or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my Munchit app that this one restaurant uses that no other restaurant uses. Right? That I have to create an account for. Uh, at the bottom, oh, you know, I have to pay an extra dollar to get rice with it. If I don't do that, will I have no rice? If I really? do do it, will I that, have two that- rices? that is uncertainty for you as well this is the world uh, i maybe it's because i live too far away from places where you know from civilized lands where people treat each other like human beings but yes no there have been times recently multiple times recently where i have screwed this up one way or the other in a big way i think i think that the indian food that we got earlier this week came with more than two pints i'm gonna say a half gallon of basmati rice that is wild
1: we have okay grubhub has made a monopoly out of this industry right like and what is that good for if not standardizing this
2: crucial that's my question yeah 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 so it's it's i have i have run into a lack of standardization maybe because grubhub and the uh other aggregators don't have full penetration into the stores around me i got a lot of places that use toast i've got a couple of other places um that where where you go to their website and it's like google wants to order the food for you and i don't know why (laughs) like like that's it's uh and then there's some where they take their pound of flesh well i I don't understand why they want to do it
0: toast is better i mean with toast the restaurant's own pos is doing the doing the e-commerce part of the okay you know of ordering the takeout and not you know, taking thirty percent off the tide. That's why the the prices on whatever you have, seamless or Grubhub or or, you know, DoorDash or whatever you have, that's why those prices are maybe twenty percent higher than the prices that are on the like the printed paper menu that they hand out at a lot of at a lot of takeout restaurants. I have an answer for you, Pete, and I think it's a continuum of fanciness. I would say the fancier the the restaurant, the more sort of I don't know, kind of authentically regional, right? It is from the kind of the many cuisines and sub-cuisines that we we view as like takeout, you know. Mm-hmm. Um the less likely that the side that the starchy side will be included, the more likely you have to uh The more likely you have to order it, like the best, uh, Sichuan Chinese restaurant that is near me, that is a, you know, sort of non Americanized. Well, I suppose it's all a little Americanized because it's in America, but the, the, you know, uh, that is supposed to be like an authentic representation of the cuisine of a particular place. Um, the, uh, that one you have to order all the rice separately and you, you know, there are like, steps to doing that. You're, you're, uh, led through a, uh, through a series of choose your own adventure style prompts and, and <laughs> decisions, which, uh, might end in your death if you're not careful, but the, the, um, it, but I call, like I call and, and talk to a human and I'm, I'm put in mind, Pete, of my 2017 article for overthinking it, uh, called pick up the phone uh that was you know about how, how instead of trying to to uh, do these um uh do these things over apps and and terrible interfaces that were supposed to disaggregate something something uh and like make our lives better because reasons um we should just pick up the phone, uh, and talk to a person. And that, that person, like if it's a, I guarantee that the human being at the restaurant that doesn't include rice has, has had enough angry customers to know (laughs) that they should say, by the way, rice is not included in that. Would you like a side of, of white rice, brown rice or fried rice? Uh, and they would be able to, they would be able to help you uh with that. And so it's it's really another way in which the the kind of the app mentality has alienated us from one another.
1: Do you remember when Google uh in their advanced technological wisdom came up with this whiz feature, which <laughs> I wish I were making this up. They would have an AI call a restaurant for you to do things like ask for hours.
0: That was a demo, and, but the product the product um, never materialized. I but you're right. Yeah, it
1: would do things like uh, call for hours, make a reservation for you. Right. Um, because God forbid that you actually have that actual human interaction yourself. Hmm. That, it's still just it's, it's gobsmacking. Every time I sit back and think about um, about that.
0: So, so what,
2: OK, so let's you, cook all of our rice together in a big pot. Oh, sorry. What were you saying?
0: Do you have to make Do you have to make I, I still want to know if you made the waffles with the whole wheat flour and and ate the bricks.
2: No, I didn't. I made an omelet. Oh, okay. That uh, was a French I, I, yeah. a French omelet.
0: Yeah. C- Cigar-shaped, slightly bulging in the middle with just the hint of brown on the uh on the outside.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of vaguely shaped like a fish. Uh yes, shaped like a uh shaped like a banana. Uh, I I make them with uh shredded gruyere usually. Yes. And uh and so just just so people understand uh what we're talking about. Uh, this is one of those things where food with many ingredients is is uh, if you see that you're like okay if I follow the recipe it'll work out and in food with two ingredients you see the recipe you're like uh, I have no confidence I'll be able to do this because there must be something really challenging about it. It's just that the the style of omelet I'm talking about is the style where you. You cook it lower, like as in you cook it less. The surface of it is heated less and you disturb it constantly while you're cooking it, uh, in order to prevent a curd from forming, but it's not so much as to scramble it, such that you can fold it up and dump it out onto a plate, uh, and it still has a sort of soft and uh and and kind of pillowy and also sort it sort of is layered on the inside a little bit, almost like a croissant, right? Um as opposed to a more of a country omelet which will have a, a bit more of a sear on the outside and be more earnestly like a pocket of stuff uh which you uh, would be the kind of omelet you'd be much more likely to get uh, in, in a diner or something like that um, which And there's uh, nothing
0: there's nothing wrong with a good Denver omelet not a thing oh, no, no, no. not a thing Love wrong it. with it but it's not the you know elegant fancy you know, pure, pure yellow with just the slightest hint of toasty brown, uh, the, yeah. on the edges. It's yeah, it's certainly not the same. Uh, little, little Gruyere you say?
2: Yeah. 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 Well, cause the other thing about the country omelet is that it stands up better to toppings, mm. right? Like you can add a bunch of like ham and, and peppers. I love a good Western omelet, right. You know, with some ham and onions and peppers and, and other good stuff like that. Um, but with the, with the, if you don't gonna have any toppings, you don't want a big old chunk of heavily, you know, seared egg. Uh, it's just not gonna do the trick. So yeah, so I like to make the softer ones if I can. And yeah, and usually just salt, pepper, and a little bit of Gruyere in the middle uh, usually gets the job done. Um, sometimes whatever cheese I have on hand. I've stopped being a snob about it. I've probably made about twenty of them in the past couple of months. Mm. So trying to get a little. I mean, I'm now, I'm now merely very bad at them as opposed to entirely incompetent. But uh, and that so has saying, been my sourdough, uh, as
1: it were. Huh. So. so you're saying revenge is, is a dish best served as an omelette?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Mm. It's the best – exactly It's very tasty in space. In, indeed, indeed. Not cooking things too much is such a big part of cooking things. Uh, but yes, uh, do you want to talk about cooking rice? Well, because I, that's kind of the occasion. Yeah, or I guess we're. I, kind I of do like, like pizza. Like, so what, what's your ratio? It was an ostensible topic for
0: this. Yes. Okay. What's your so, ratio? What's your ratio? You know? That's
2: the thing. Okay. Now here. Now we're talking. This I think was more the occasion. Although Mark had just cryptically said, "Oh man, I could write a book about cooking rice." So I want to at some point hand this off to Mark and hear his audiobook from Asian
1: America has entered the chat. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. Well, Hopefully, tell tell you okay, Caucasian American white yes. person white man. Yes. <laughs> tell me, how do you cook rice? How, how do, do I you cook rice? How, how, not? How does one cook rice? But how do you in in your uh, white Caucasian family household? Well, how we do you have a rice? rice cooker. Ah yes, okay. Yes. Finally, we're talking some sense here. Yes, good. Because yes. Matt's asking about yeah. Matt's asking about ratios. I don't know what ratios. <laughs> I, I seriously I don't. I do whatever the rice cooker tells me to, because someone else figured it out. Some very smart Asian rice expert figured it out for me.
2: No, no, I don't mean a person who's dedicated to cooking rice who lives in my house. Not like a rice cooker, <laughs> like professionally, but but a device that's pretty small yes. that uh, that can cook up to I think what like a few cups of rice, um, and and I usually I usually do two to one, but I, I guess I figure the rice cooker would probably be able to handle a fair amount of variance on the amount of water,
1: right? Okay, so let's actually talk about ratios. Okay. Right? Okay, so the one that I have, um, my ratio is one-to-one, and let me explain that. One-to-one? Are you a madman? No, I'm not a madman. I have a rice cooker, like I said, that figures this stuff out for
0: me. It's society that's mad, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: the only difference between ma- madness and genius is success. <laughs> like, and, okay. and so I'm going to describe this, and you tell
1: me that this is you don't have this, and, and I'm going to ask how on earth you cook rice. Okay. okay? The rice cooker comes with a, a cup. I don't know if it is a, a you know a imperial measurement cup, but it is a cup, and you scoop rice. You throw it into the bowl. Okay. And then the bowl has numbers. Yeah that correspond with the number of scoops that you put into the bowl so that's why i say as one cup of dry rice is equivalent to one line on the rice cooker uh, and there are different levels uh, different um uh, scales for different types of rice so if you're making brown rice it uh it prompts you to add more water and then the rice cooker just figures it out what you have in there You push the button, and then it
2: goes. Oh, so you say you have a rice cooker. You have a pretty sophisticated piece of machinery with some electronics and stuff.
1: Zojirushi.
2: The brand Ooh. that
1: yes that, that that the Asian American family uh, is, knows and trusts and loves
2: is this the best podcast endorsement ever? Do you have some sort of like everyone get a Zojirushi ice cooker and use the promo code? Overthinking it and get five percent off. This is right? my moment. Just, yeah, a
1: promo code <laughs> Zojirushi. If you guys listen to this, like t- have your people talk to our people.
2: Okay, you know what?
0: I'll put a uh, I'll put an affiliate link in the show notes so that uh, okay. so that everyone can can go out and get one.
2: So you that, would recommend yes. a zo- Now I'm looking at some of this stuff and it looks pretty intense, like $300 pieces of equipment, stuff like that. Uh, is it simpler than that, or is it a? I'm trying. So I, what I have is I have a Cuisinart thing and it only has one button. And there's two ways you sure. control it: you plug it in or you push the button. It's like a little lever that you like push down, and it just pops up when it's done.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah, and that uh, that has the important stuff, right? In terms of like the the mechanics. Yeah, uh, for it. But you still leaves uh, quite a bit of margin of error for things like quantity of water relative to rice and the yep. amount of time.
2: That it's right. In. Exactly. Exactly. And that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. So you're saying that uh, you're you're inside baseball. I think it's not inside. Maybe it's inside baseball um this was very yes fabulous. yes like, where's, where's she is. exotic yeah.
1: hidden oriental wisdom yes people. yeah we can say it it's, it's all good we're here in the uh in the the land of
2: the the rising sun and the uh, uh is there a, is there an epithet for korea that's like that was what's korea's nickname oh land of the
1: morning calm of the what land of the morning calm
2: Calm, the land of the morning calm sorry i had to yeah, into yeah. for a there
1: second. okay the
2: land of the morning calm is, is is that south korea or all of korea
1: um that's a good question um uh, I'll, I'll, i will i will get back to you Great, that. excellent
2: that well that is i've learned something lovely today okay. that's uh, okay
1: wonderful. i I, mean, I believe it is for um the entire peninsula
2: great awesome. that's what google back talking. to me real fast i always appreciate that that's great uh okay okay so you have a rice cooker that not only guides you with the proportions for your individual piece of rice your individual piece of rice item you, that creates units for you that are balanced on a useful scale right uh, for you um, yeah. and, and not concerned so much with you know the, the dogmatism of the metric system or, or the, uh, the sort of stodgy dusty uh, you know sticktuitiveness of the customary system it has a rice system and exactly. it measures okay and it also is able to adjust for the different kinds of rice which i of course had no idea was a thing but in retrospect oh, yeah. it's still like an idiot yeah. okay great excellent so so everyone's learning something today great uh can your rice cooker cook like oatmeal or millet or or other kinds of grains that require like steeping can it make porridges?
1: I'm, I'm glad you asked pete because it can definitely do that and if and if might if I couldn't do that you know an instant pot could do that
0: too right
2: i know we have an instant pot but it seems like kind of bringing a you know, bringing a machine gun to a knife fight—it just seems like a little bit. It's pretty heavy. That's too, the Chicago know. way. Is, yes, exactly. Yes, it's like <laughs> he puts one of your guys in the hospital. You put his head in an Instapot. That's the <laughs> Chicago way. Um, <laughs> um, okay, yeah. It's just—it's it, there is there is an elegant simplicity to cooking and eating rice that I don't want to overburden with a machine that I don't know how to use. Uh, it seems like a purpose-built machine that makes rice cooking very intuitive would be useful uh, because yes. rice cooking itself it seems to, by a sort of moral luck, have a beautiful simplicity to it. Yes,
1: uh, and and the, just and to address the the um, sort of the, the the cost of this sort of thing relative to the basic cuisinart thing. Ten yes.
2: thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> One Ethereum. Yes. is a non-fungible. Well, yeah. Rice cooker. I remember uh, no, rice this,
2: cookers were just so cheap and easy this, to this, get.
1: This podcast does not constitute financial advice. It does not uh, I never, repeat. Never. Ever never. Never. Has. Has. Never. Nor. Ever. Shall be. Yeah. Um. It costs a few hundred bucks for for the larger ones. Um. Okay. But um, if you're an Asian family or an Asian American family and you eat rice with practically every meal, um, and uh, it's important to not mess up the uh, important base for every meal, then it is totally worth it.
0: That the that the savings in labor and the the emotional
1: sort of, um ag- uh, angst yes
0: yeah and increase in quality is is well worth the the cost in dollars, amortized over amortized over three or four crying meltdowns. That's uh you know a really good investment. Oh
1: no, not 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 about meltdowns. No, it's it's the um it would be simmering resentment.
0: Ah oh oh sorry yes I'm sorry my simmering my...
1: resentment and um. And and passive aggressiveness from uh, your your uh, also Asian in laws.
0: Yeah, from your exactly. Like, sorry, I was too culturally normative in my. It makes sense.
2: Matt, when you're talking about screening meltdowns, you're thinking about the machine that we use more often in our kitchen, which is the the, the blender, uh, which which we we use every morning for to make the my wife's smoothie that she takes with her as her breakfast to work. And uh, I have a ritual, I have a game with my son who's almost two, where I I put him on the counter and we sing a song to the. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? I might as well tell you how the song goes. Uh, it, and it's what we sing. When uh, we open up the blender and we use a little spatula to get all of the sort of frozen fruit that didn't get blended, we push it down into the smoothie. And it goes, uh, scrape, scrape, scrape the smoothie, scrape the smoothie line. Whoa, 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 the smoothie. Scrape it all the time. Right. And, and, you know, when you scrape the smoothie, it helps to make it real smoothie. Because if you don't scrape the smoothie, it doesn't get smoothie. It just gets crunchy. Uh, and this whole ritual, he then, of course, wants to just shove the spatula in his mouth over and over again. He's very excited about this. This is one of the biggest things in his life now. We have a little shirt with strawberries on it that he wears when he makes a smoothie in the morning. He has a toy blender where he makes his own smoothies. He's pretty obsessed with smoothies right now. And the smoothie maker is... Uh, is is probably the culinary machine in our house, other than the oven and stove, that gets used most often. Which is why we got to find one from the far east by the good people at Ninja, who I'm sure are, are they from the far east? I don't know. <laughs> Ninja is that kind of so, a,
1: reeks of appropriation. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know who, who makes this. I want to know now who makes the Ninja bl- uh, line of blenders. Um, is it is it just uh, is it going to be like? Turtles that live beneath the streets of New York City, um, Ninja Blenders. Uh, you can sell by Dow, like, Dow Chemical.
0: Really? No, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Coke <laughs> <All right>. Industries. <laughs> what is it?
0: Coke that's Industries. Yeah, Coke. Industries. I like, I like, the thing is, I'm I would joking.
2: not be, might be surprised by any of. You can come back and tell me it's Raytheon, and I would not be surprised for a <laughs> second. Um, oh yeah, that's that's totally made by Lockheed Martin. It's their their blender brand. They spun it off. It was part of GE probably um anyway yes uh so yeah so i hear what you're saying about meltdowns simmering resentment uh, there's an emotional metaphor for the crucible in which these various uh emulsions are emulsified or what have you i suppose mixtures uh, are uh, are mixed um is that the is that the proper way to describe what's happening inside of a rice cook is a, is it a mixture is it, a, is it i guess there's a solution happening at one point uh because there's probably uh you know Glutinous chemicals in the rice that are well, in the it's, water. It's
0: what the it's a transfer of water, isn't it? That there's mm-hmm. there's a, there's a transfer of water from the you know outside the grain inside the grain, and those those little starch, whatever the component parts of the starch are, you know, sort of puff up as they as they take on water. But yeah, then also the I, water, I feel
1: very alienated from white America right now because I I see it as a transfer of chi energy. Um, from the universe into the rice so um you guys can take your scientific knowledge of the universe and have that understanding of it and you you do that you do you i'll do me
0: <laughs> i love you, that i
1: audience, love that for audience, you. you know you know that this is this is a bit right like <laughs> i hope everybody's
2: clear uh, i love clear. what do you mean what do you mean it's a bit what are you talking about <laughs>
1: Um, you, know, you, know, you, know that, you know that these are all you know, like you know slightly exaggerated versions of ourselves these are characters pete have you gone uh,
0: here. have you gone uh have you gone into risotto at all
2: not quite but i will tell you this that in 1993 there's a little company called Europro Operating LLC <laughs> okay. which changed its name in 2015 to capitalize on the prominence and popularity of its name brand blenders huh. <laughs> the company that makes ninja blenders and vacuum cleaners uh, shark vacuum cleaners and ninja blenders is called shark ninja <laughs> and it is based in Needham, Massachusetts, not far away from where I live. So the Ninja Blenders are not a miracle devices from the Far East at all. They are angry, blur, cutty, spinny, blendy things uh, from the uh, ordinary northeastern United States. Although I don't know where they're made. I'll say. tell
0: you, this Shark vacuum cleaner is a quality vacuum cleaner. You know
2: and i got to come up with a song to sing while we use that one. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, excellent. Okay. Dirty it's only there were, there were a song that existed yeah, in the floor. pop culture <laughs> about, about sharks. Dirty Mark, floor. Mark, do you sing songs with alternate lyrics in your home for instructional purposes? Like so the kids know what's going on? Is that something only I do or is, do other people do that as well?
1: Um, yes. I mean our songs all these days are more, more about potty training. Um, but okay. I, I I don't want to distract from that because I believe this episode is more about um, the, um, the, the 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 first part of this process. It's right. more exactly. about what goes into your, into your body, body yeah. as yes. opposed to
2: yeah. As opposed we to- have to leave room for the sequel. What happens to the rice after you eat it? Um, okay, so, <laughs> are saying, so are you saying are you
0: saying guys that everybody cooks?
2: <laughs> they should if they if they don't it's just cheaper um, then, then making, having somebody else do it for you, if that's an option, I suppose. I guess. Um, I mean, that's
0: like, so, you know, you go from, you, there are times in your life when you have more money than time and, and then other moments when you have more time than money and it, you know, if you're lucky, right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the, the, um, I don't know. The important thing is to sort of recognize which is which and to, you know, deploy the, the appropriate tactics at the appropriate time. Um, so no, no to the risotto because that's, you know, there, the water, the, the liquid content is a lot less, you know, you, you just take as you keep shoving it in as much as you possibly can, uh, until you can't put any more, uh, until you can't put any more in, but that, that can't be done by a, by a fancy machine that has to be done, you know, with love by staring with patience at the, at the, the pan, the saucepan on the hob. Yeah. uh, You know?
2: Which is – I think that is one of the factors in cooking that I totally didn't understand at all prior to coming to understand cooking more. Right? It's one of those things that I think you could eat food that other people cook forever and never figure out that this is an important thing, which is that some dishes you put together and you put them on the thing and they sit there and then they're done, right? And some dishes you have to do something to constantly – and while they're cooking, and and uh, and if you step away for even a moment, they will probably be ruined. Sure. And, and so rice is generally the former, right? I would suggest. Is that Mark? Would you agree with that?
1: Wait, which one is that? The one you, you said to forget it?
2: Where you can or? set it, you can set it. At least if you're just cooking rice, as long as you have the right, you know, uh, ratios, you set it and forget it. Yeah. If you're boiling it.
0: But there's a time I mean, there's a time component in that if you keep the boiling going too long, you know, you'll you'll cook all the moisture out of it and and it won't be good. Right. That's uh, true. You have to keep it on there for the right amount of time.
2: You can't just neglect it.
1: Which again, the Zojurushi rice cooker will just know when to stop cooking
2: and then just keep it warm.
0: Keep it right, warm for right, you.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mark, do, you set, with- it, do you set it for you for before you leave for the office in the morning and then when you come home, the, the whole home is full of the beautiful smell of cooked rice? You got it. You want to come over for dinner? Oh my God, I really do. Do you, yeah, you put do. other ingredients
2: in the rice cooker or is it just the rice and then you add other things later? Um, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can put other stuff in. You say that
1: with such a confidence. Well. I have re- really put myself don't. out there in front as like an expert on the Zodji rushi rice cooker. When the reality <laughs> is, is like I use um, one, maybe two different settings yeah. on it. But I just do that like every day.
2: Well, it is. It is interesting that when you cook pasta, you want to mix the sauce. You want to toss the pasta in the sauce before the pasta is really considered to be done. But when you're making rice in a rice dish – is that similar what i guess there's that sort of crossing the finish line of when does the rice get incorporated into the dish that you're making and i suppose it would vary by the dish and uh but but i'm am thinking about that whole idea of what are the parts and what is the whole when do the parts join the whole
0: yeah sure like if you have a what like a cacio e pepe uh thing you mm. don't really think of the noodles as being distinct from the you know from the kind of cheesy yeah. Uh, umami like creamy sauce right it's just one it's one thing macaroni and cheese you don't think of the macaroni as distinct from the cheese but right. even which is e- another word for cacio pepe right macaroni <laughs> I, cheese. Said, I guess with i pepper. don't know like with
2: pepper <laughs> That's the thing, though. I mean, I saw it in Stanley Tucci's "In Search of Italy," right, or "Searching for Italy," whatever it was. Which I think we also did. We podcast about that, or did it's, we just chat about
0: no, it? No, we we haven't. But but, but okay. my God! Oh, we he, talked about it on the Discord. That's what we did. Yes. He he gives me a lot of uh, a lot of hope uh, for the you know continued sexiness of those of us who are in the bald community uh that's you know like, it's been a big uh, week
2: for the bald community matt uh, <laughs> it really has i hope that you feel supported uh and protected <laughs> anyway not touching that with a 10-foot pole <laughs> let's go stir our risotto before it goes bad
1: <laughs> oh okay okay. No. okay it took me a second i figure out which yes good. Okay. sorry
2: sorry i'll make my most oblique references yet um okay so when i make rice at home i'm usually making it to go with some sort of chicken dish, right? As a side, I don't generally make dishes for which rice is an integral component in the composition of the main dish. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's more something that's served with something else. So you're, you know, you're sort of stewing, whether you're making Indian food and you're kind of stewing the, uh, the, the chunks of meat with the sauces, which, which, um, my wife does. Um, you know, she likes to, to play with Indian sauces lately. She's been trying to learn some of that, um, or you're being much more basic, right? I guess I used to make those bachelor rice and beans that were like five dollars to feed everyone in the apartment back in the day when I was in my early twenties. And hey, Mark, did you ever have those?
0: Is that a brand like my... name, or is that a is that a description? Bachelor description. rice and beans. Okay. Got oh yeah, yeah,
1: yes, yeah. So yeah I, I've made that for myself many times.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I used to make big bowls of them. At my old, at old uh, 53rd Street back where I, I, lived
1: I did I did I like have, ever have yours specifically? Yes. Uh, the odds are high that I did. Yeah, yeah,
2: it was it was brown rice and
1: the man I am beans. today because of it.
2: Because yes, it was the rest of the recipe was uh, a whole bunch of brown rice with I think a two to one ratio of water to rice, uh, and then a can of black beans and then paprika no salt and pepper. Cause I didn't know anything about anything. And then just a bunch of Tabasco sauce.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Pete, you, the, the move, I, I did this myself for, for a long time and it was a great uh inexpensive kind of portable lunch. When I was in grad school, I'd make up a whole mess of it for the whole week and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then just, you know, take like two scoops of it and microwave it uh at school. And the, the, uh, the move is you just open a jar of salsa and pour that in when you're pouring okay. in the, the. The beans and all the things. Yeah. I, I like my, I, I refer to them as slurries. You know, like I, my, there was a time There's in grad school. masters
2: Masters. a great <laughs> cooking, cooking podcast. What kind of slurry did you make? I made more of a glop. Did you make this?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it depends how, how far you cook the chicken stock out. You, you, uh, you know, whether it's a glop or a, or a slurry. But yeah, there was a time when, when most of my food was slurry based, Pete. Like I had a, uh, I had kind kind of a shakshuka uh take on it that was a sort of tomato based sauce with uh with you know a hot italian sausage and uh peppers and uh a kind of tomato sauce and i would simmer three eggs in that so that the eggs poached and so i had kind of uh, I, I had that for breakfast that was my breakfast slurry and then i had this you know rice beans maybe some like maybe some ground pork or something that i you know broke up with a spoon in the pan all you know, a kind of chili in the, uh, in a a giant uh, what are they? The giant Tupperware container in the the fridge and scoop that out. Yeah, it was uh, I was eating like uh, not not really a solid, not really a liquid, somewhere in a in an intermediate phase. It was a liminal time in my life and a liminal time in my bowls of food as well. <laughs>
2: Awesome. I really should have paid attention to some of the dishes that are being cooked well in my home a little bit more so I understand how they work. Because it occurs to me, my wife makes arroz con pollo and chicken and palo like constantly. So I should not constantly, but like often. I should really watch and see how they're made so I'd be able to make them someday or something or even just look them up. What a bit of what a lazy jerk I've become. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's not really it. But it's like you live with somebody for long enough and you get surprised by the things that your brain decides it doesn't need to know. Uh, you know, things that it's like, oh, that's been delegated. I don't need to understand what this dish that I've eaten this whole time, how it's made. It's like, I really should have been paying more attention. Yeah, but it
0: doesn't, I feel like a long-term relationship doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't like function efficiently without a concept of differentiated responsibility and comparative yeah. advantage. Um, now, I mean, if it's <laughs> like you know, if it's like, hey, my my comparative advantage, my my responsibility is to you know sit on sit on the couch, uh, drink this can of domestic beer, and and watch football. Then you know that's that would be uh, that would be worth a conversation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but no, I no. I don't think that that's how you roll, Pete. I think no, no, you no, actually. So I do the dishes yeah that's, you...
2: that's the split up and also a, a
0: great deal of of other uh, other domestic oh, yeah, labor. Other stuff I mean too. how did you uh, you know how does that driveway get clear of snow Pete I, that's what I want to know that's I mean I'll I could well that's another that's a whole podcast how does <laughs> how how are the woods cleared of the brush you know that's uh you're... these are
2: both neither of these things are happening the way you think they are but I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what what the answer will surprise you.
2: <laughs> the answer is that my wife is much better at shoveling snow than I am. But when she is, you know, with child, uh, she can't, and so I have to. I end up going out there by myself uh, and uh, and and fighting that battle without my greatest ally, who is also, you know, my mentor. Uh, in terms of, I mean, re- being raised in in New England like she was, as opposed to in New Jersey like me, prepares you for a whole different show, snufflet, show sh- snow shoveling game. One of the first times I saw her uh, shovel snow, she had an ice pick out and her and her uh, girlfriend were bashing the, you know, frozen manacles around the back wheel of her Honda Civic with this like giant ice spike to try to get it out. Wow. It's a uh, different, different ballpark. Um, Mark, when you make rice, what do you put on it? What- <laughs> uh, what, 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 what don't I put on it um, or like put but, on it? Is that a pr- cool way of saying it? What do you, you make this right? Uh, we've been describing these very rookie ish, very sort of like, uh, you know, lost in the woods ways of approaching rice as a meal component, which no doubt still filled us with joy and also with sustenance because rice is a is a fine thing to, to mix with anything that you like. Uh, i mean not strictly speaking but in a general sense what 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 do you put on or with or around your rice what's the right pri- preposition that you use with regards to rice and and what is the thing on the other side of the preposition
1: i think it depends on your korean night or chinese night and at least in the li Wong uh household that's right because um, that's
2: the two sides of your family yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so um just uh, oh gosh like you're saying this with like you know like about a uh, 15 minutes left in the recording that we have let me just share this one particular nugget because you've all been to a chinese restaurant you've all been out to cream barbecue uh with, with, with me yeah. yeah yeah so like you know you have cream. some if you if you're in the audience like you know it's it's, it's so, so you know it's a mixture of um you know any possible combination that you can have right where everything is just kind of like you know you dump it into soup you know you eat it with, with the more saucy solidy stuff or you have it just kind of in combination with meat or pickled vegetables or so on and so forth, right? There's nothing that so exotic about it. Like I, I cannot bring any additional technique here to the actual consumption of it um, beyond the preparation of it. Again, which the heavy lifting of which has been done um, by a lot of technology um, and a lot of people who uh, you know were paid a lot of money to perfect the rice cooking thing. Um, the thing that I think we should actually uh, address as we uh, round the horn. Here and approach the end of our uh, of this latest uh, food edition of the Overthinking It podcast is the mm-hmm. experience of going to the grocery store.
2: Oh yes, and, yes, and, you and,
1: and acquiring your ingredients, yes. whether whether it be rice or, or something else. Especially um, you know as we you know as a as the championship season um, recedes into memory, and yet we are still uh, stuck with the lingering effects of the championship season, um, and are faced with shortages and uh, and price increases at the grocery store. I'll just start and say that um, my wife and I were um, at one of the worst places on earth. That is to say, the Whole Foods at Columbus Circle in New York City, um, doing our weekly grocery shopping. And um, we're taken a little back by seeing a gallon of milk. Yes, it was an organic gallon of milk, not the store brand, but the fancy milk going for north of $10 for an entire gallon. That feels like an important threshold has been crossed here. Um, and I just wanted to share that moment With all of you, and let you know that in certain parts of these United States of America, some types of milk are going for more than ten dollars a gallon, and I don't feel great about that. And it just adds to the uh, already documented on this podcast uh, anxiety that I have about going to the grocery store and acquiring sustenance to to feed my family. But a gallon, a gallon of
0: milk. I I think of Mark. I think of New Yorkers as buying food in these like tiny portions from bodegas and things like this. Like a gallon of. Yes,
1: New Yorkers do that. Single new yorkers or uh. new yorkers uh, that are coupled up but do not have children i have two small children that consume uh inordinate quantities of whole milk maybe three times their day.
0: weight in milk every day
1: they're practically cows Matt. that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah
2: I, I have not experienced anything remotely like this uh, like, like i are i mean i'm looking i'm thinking how can i check the current price of milk i guess the best one is i could just look at target for a regional brand of milk that we have around here and see what they're selling it for. So like right now, a gallon of whole milk made by Hood, which is a local uh, or regional dairy distributor and and, uh, and farm and whatnot, is $4.39, which is still a lot. I think it might have been a, a buck less at some point in the not-too-distant past, but like $10 is a lot. Sure.
1: to be clear right i just searched on on target for um for for pickup at uh my the closest target near me and it's also like yeah basically the same price
2: yeah yeah so so, but but you're okay so there's a couple of different things that are happening right now i think that you're describing right one of them is i mean okay i i I think maybe again that we we could talk about economic stuff but let's let's um there's also kind of a crazy conjecture right so like so like here's here's a conjecture for you, right? Here's a conjecture for you uh, that that um, income inequality uh, has and maybe somebody else can provide some research, come to our discord, talk to us about it. What's the actual research on this? Uh, when you have income modalities, you have can you have inflation, mod- inflationary modalities, meaning that if one group of the population primarily consumes certain kinds of goods and another portion of the population primarily consumes other parts of goods, and those two populations have very different access to the money supply, then the change in price of the goods is going to be at a different rate that are targeted to the different people. And and one of the weird things we're seeing is a kind of bifurcation through the magic of branding and storytelling of like more or less the same thing into different pockets of this sort. I suppose that's not particularly genius because something like I mean, even even stuff like you know making really good headphones and then actively putting something in the headphones to sabotage them so that you can sell them for less is like totally a common thing that happens. Um, but the You're idea that
1: Beats. what's up? It's about Beats headphones.
2: Uh, I don't know I if it's about Beats thing. specifically,
1: but they do they do they do that too. I no, no, they, no. Sorry, no. I, I'm thinking of what Beats did is that they just like put um, redundant metal into the headphones to make them heavier. To feel more premium, so they could sell it. Sorry, I think it was- Oh, no,
2: no, I'm talking about the opposite. There was some German headphone manufacturer, I forget which one it was, where their best headphones, they would just make them. And they sold them at a premium, but they wanted to have a down market headphone. So they just took their best headphones and then they screwed them up. Like they would put stuff in the earpiece- that would interfere with them and lower the overall sound quality so that they could sell them as a lower quality headphone at a lower price point. The marginal cost of making more of the headphones wasn't that great relative to the R&D costs and the, and the other costs of making the headphones. And so uh, – and my understanding is that this is not an entirely uncommon practice um, of, uh, of kind of like actively damaging the value of your own stuff in order to dwe- like live in different market niches at the same time.
0: Um, in computer chip manufacture there's you know there's a, a process and I'm not really a hardware guy so someone I welcome the well actually in the in the discord or in the comments um it, there it's actually so hard to make a microchip that a lot of them don't turn out well but they turn out like okay like 80% good and they okay. just sell them as different product lines but they're the same the, there was an attempt <laughs> you know to make this <laughs> to make the same uh to make the high quality processor and the ones that uh, pass the tests, you know, uh, go on to be, uh, the high quality processors and the ones that don't, but that's, that's a slightly different thing than like taking your, taking your microchip and like, uh, you know, I don't know, hitting it with a hammer and chisel a couple times. So it doesn't run as fast.
2: Well, okay. But to get back to the good faith argument that Mark's talking about part of why I might not be fully appreciating what you're talking about, Mark, is that we do a lot of our grocery shopping off of coupons and sales And so and I'm trying to think about this precise effect this would have on our perception of inflation. And now, again, I haven't sat down with the grocery bill and been like, well, it's this much more. Um, It probably is more. There's been a lot of inflation, obviously, more in particular, more than that. There was a huge amount of deflation at the beginning of covid where things got, you know, where there was shortages. But things also certain things got really cheap. Because there was a lot of less, there was disrupted demand for a bunch of things, right? And everything was disrupted. Um, and so particularly for things like gas and now, okay, now it's kind of resetting and, and things are moving along. But, but if you buy things when they're advertised as on sale for less, when they go up in price, you wouldn't necessarily know because you're not buying them at the regular price. And also if they're not on sale, you're not looking at them. And that's the bigger thing, right, is that like if you're buying things out of the coupons and the circulars uh, and, and then something just stops being cheap, then it won't show up in the coupon or circular. And then as far as you're concerned, it kind of stops existing. And, and so there's an availability heuristic that's happening, I think, where, you know, we had, it occurs to me we had some steak tips tonight um, and they were bought on sale. We haven't really had a lot of steak tips lately. We used to get steak tips more often just to sort of thinking anecdotally through my memory, that might be because they used to be on sale more often. And maybe they've been on sale less lately because they've been, because meat's in general have been more expensive even prior to COVID because of the demand from overseas for American meat being shipped out there. It's so much bigger than it used to be. All right. And so like, um, I know there was a whole story where it's like meat was getting more expensive for people in the United States because so much of it was being shipped out and and, and so on and so forth. But um, But I'm wondering if that's sort of shaping my, understanding of grocery inflation um i mean do you shoot shop when i lived in new york i never used coupons uh for anything because i was stupid and had no money anyway and was mostly making rice with tabasco sauce (laughs) and and eating cottage cheese (laughs) we should publish a cookbook
0: guys we should publish a cookbook. rice with tabasco sauce
2: Yeah, it's
1: the Dude.
0: recipe for... It, this is like called... Per, perfectly
1: cooked Zojirushi rice just yeah. with Tabasco
0: sauce. It's really, it's really hard, you know, because the the foods with a lot of ingredients, you know, you follow the recipe and you, you're you probably going to get some kind of decent result. But, you know, something with only two ingredients, like rice with Tabasco sauce.
2: I know. <laughs> yes. But you got to put the herbs in there, the tarragon, the chives. <laughs> yes. And there, there would be... What would it be? pêche de la... How do you say? Like... The the fish to impress the old man, which would be like the one time I was on Metro North eating a can of sardines, which is the <laughs> jerkiest thing I can consider doing. And an old man, you know, going up to me is like, "Oh man, I used to love those. You get ones with mustard and a couple of saltines. That's great." Right? It's like, okay, there's there's a recipe for you: can of sardines packed in mustard, two saltine crackers. Uh, and it's, it's salt sardines a la old I, man.
0: This is probably um. a bad time to mention that I went, I, for a special occasion, I, I took my dad out to a fancy restaurant and one of the, uh, one of the, um, appetizers was, uh, a uh, a tin of sardines house-made saltine crackers uh, and it was like you know probably like 32 dollars for that <laughs> pla- <laughs> for that plate i'm like blowing up my microphone oh my goodness <laughs> that meal costs
2: a dollar and a half <laughs> i mean if you wait for them to be on sale of course you stock <laughs> oh man i mean mark so so when you shop for groceries have you been noticing a big – not uh, in, above and beyond the sort of sticker price shock of the the sort of bifurcated boutique grocery stuff like the Fart Life milk or whatever it's called uh, that's super fancy or the organic – I think it's – it, look at this, it's Fair Life. But it's got an exclamation point, so it kind of looked like fart life. Um, I was looking let's go, at it. it let's, far let's go with away. Fart life. I think I might have been getting a lot of eye strain from looking at screens too much the last two years. I don't think I can actually see anymore. But anyway, sorry. So, Mark, when you're at the grocery store in New York, what's the feeling? Are you noticing shortages? I'll say that much. I'll say that to begin. Are you so, seeing shortages?
1: I, I, this is a bit of like probably confirmation bias, which is that the target that I live nearby um, either is experiencing shortages or is just bad at keeping their shelves stocked. In particular for that aforementioned uh, gallon of organic whole milk. Okay. Um, because that's what my family needs, and it is almost never on the shelf. Interesting, <laughs> um, interesting. But beyond that, I would say like more, less yeah. less, less, like, un- quote-unquote, unusual items like that. Like, you know, just like the the big tub of yogurt, mm-hmm. um, the Faye, Faye yogurt, they have trouble keeping that
2: mm-hmm, around.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I would say, like, they have, like, a one-in-three chance of, of getting the thing that I actually want anytime at any given time that i'm a target um, and this but, is
2: unusual it didn't used to be like this
1: um the target opened during the, during the pandemic oh so, so there's no control group but that's just no the
2: experiences okay yeah
1: but that's a, that's a, it's it's a, that's the the confirmation biasing around I'm, I'm out in the world looking for evidence of shortage and shortages and looking for evidence of inflation um and i tend to notice the things that uh back back that broader environmental thing up
2: yeah yeah i was involved neck deep in the grape nut shortage which was like a very big thing to a very small number of people that happened during the height of the pandemic, which is that just grape nuts just vanished from all over the country. I speculated that 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 they were they had just stopped making them because they figured we, we we want to stop making these at some point. <laughs> it's not a growth industry selling grape nuts. Let's just pick now and just stop making mm-hmm. them. But they vanished all over the country, and, uh, and and there was a whole social media movement that was probably the least impressive social media movement to be fueled by earnest passion. Did everyone, to, uh, did
0: everyone turn their avatars purple?
2: <laughs> well, uh. we didn't establish a hostile uh, disposition towards post. We like, we were looking around and if anyone found them, they would share where they were. And of course they were places because those boxes sit on shelves forever. So the grape nuts are out there. And so you would, you would go on the Facebook page for the grape nuts group. And then it would be like, Hey, I found grape nuts here. Oh, great. Great um so there was that there was the time that malamars were like going for like 500 dollars a box on ebay during the height of the pandemic i ended up buying the original tea cakes from scotland because they were much much cheaper than malamars were because i wanted to uh show my wife what malamars were like and i was delirious with uh newborn sleep deprivation (laughs) but uh but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't I don't I when I go to the grocery store, I find it overflowing with stuff. But I have no idea whether the stuff it's overflowing with is different or similar stuff than what it was overflowing with before. Um, you know what I mean? It's it's hard to tell. There's there's so much smoke and mirrors with regards to what's actually there. Um, I know that they have a whole ton of cookies that I shouldn't buy um, that are right there in a giant pile. Every soon as I walk in the door, shop, I almost always buy some of and shop I never the,
0: should. No, Shut the edges, Pete. Chop the edges.
2: Yeah, the, the cookies—it bleeds over. It's like a a big anyway. I so could give you a the middle. Home.
0: Anything on an end cap, don't buy it. Anything at the register, don't buy it. <laughs> Just go around the edge from the produce section to the dairy section to the to the proteins to uh, to out the door. You know? Matt, Matt,
2: they're learning, man. They're adapting. They're like the Borg. Uh, I don't know how like the Borg. I don't know what the Borg even are canonically anymore. That's a whole other podcast. But um, but yes, it's. Uh, I think they might be figuring us out. Um, and putting the cookies in various strategic locations to try I mean, to snipe us.
0: I shop at, I shop at Trader Joe's mostly is my like normal. And in most weeks I don't have to go to, um, don't have to go to another market though. We, we supplement with Costco. So like a few things like, uh, I don't know, oil, like some fats and stuff like that are, you know, come from Costco cause they're not selling big jugs, of uh, big jugs of, um, I don't know, avocado oil or whatever at Trader Joe's, but we, uh, so, but they, they carry a, like an order of magnitude fewer skews than your average grocery store. And so the loss, the, the, the absence of a product, of a staple product is, um, like notable, you know, mm-hmm. is really a, bi- a big deal. They, Uh, and, and they, they are doing seasonal stuff constantly and like trialing things. And so there is this like part of the experience is like, Oh, you know, the, 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 the fig paste isn't there anymore. (laughs) You know, the, the, uh, I don't know, the, the seasonal lemon cookies, you know, aren't, aren't there anymore, but they, um, when the, when I don't know, the, the, uh, kind of pasta that you get, you know, is, is just gone for six weeks or something like that. Though they've been, they seem to be, they seem to be working on it. It seems to be rather than simply shortage, simply an absence. It seems to be more a, uh, unreliability in supply mm. rather than a, just a complete collapse of the ability to, to supply certain things, which is, you know, like I was going, I was trying to find, Uh, diamond kosher crystal diamond crystal kosher salt um Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago uh because we i realized that we ran out of our last box of that we we poured into a smaller container to actually cook with and and uh it was it was just gone every like i i went from store to store i like i did the thing and i i found it on the internet for a ridiculous markup um you know I went to uh I went to a restaurant for a special occasion with my dad recently and one of the appetizers was just a small uh small thing maybe like the size of a Las Vegas uh craps die of salt you know and and that plate was $300 of uh you know just the salt on a plate we might we might need what's the next to, matt was
1: the next course an incredibly dense ball of wonder bread <laughs>
0: <laughs> and That's did that what,
1: too also cost no it
0: was a single it was a single atom it was a single <laughs> atom on the plate they, they pulled it out with tweezers and an electron microscope from uh from a from a tub actually a plastic tub that they kept on the bottom shelf in the uh dry goods storage area of the of the restaurant we may have to leave this here um Please let us know your favorite way of cooking rice. Yes. In, in the comments. I also, I'm, I'm very curious if it's just me, uh, or Pete, you did it also or the, the like the slurry based bachelor foods. I'm, Mm. I, I wonder if this is not. If there's not more to this, so if you were a practitioner of any sort of slurry based uh, bachelor cooking um please let us know uh either in the comments or on the discord we'd uh we'd love to have you join um hey, we'll be back with more delicious <laughs> overthinking a yeah. cooking podcast
2: and and check out our America vision coverage on YouTube on our oh. YouTube channel, which is totally happening yeah, right? that's true.
0: That's yeah. true. It's Eurovision season and, and American song contest season. Sorry. Was I supposed to plug that? I, I'm always, I always think I should. You have no
2: faith that people will like other things that we do, Matt. They will just point them in that direction. I man. don't think,
0: I think they're distinct audiences. I think uh, you you may like it, but I feel like we've built audiences in, in different media, but okay. Podcast if, crossover. If you want
2: to tell us you're a different audience, get in the comments and engage. Click
0: <laughs> like, Go on, on YouTube, <laughs> follow us on, on Instagram and Twitter. Remember, we're not on what? I guess we're on Twitter. Are we on Instagram? We are indeed on Instagram. Okay. We haven't posted in, in, uh, a lot of years. But, um, yeah. So, so hey, it's Eurovision Song Contest, uh, time, which is like, uh, the, the Matt Belinky Christmas season. And mm. so he's, uh, he's been, uh, you know, like what spearheading the effort with all of our talented writers at overthinking it. And everyone on this podcast has contributed and some others as well to, um to write uh, reviews of the various contestants in, in the Eurovision song contest. We are working on the Ukraine reviews, um, which are going to be like, Gosh, that's rough. Like, <laughs> it's difficult because our tone is usually like a little sarcastic and a little snarky, and I'm not sure we can. I'm not sure that's the right tact to take uh, this year, as as you know, as we talk about that. But also going on the uh, the American uh, song contest, the weak, watered down American version of the Eurovision Song Contest, which we're reviewing in near real time. I I record the commentary after after you know Pete and Martin Matt and Pete and Mark and Matt write the commentaries. I record them that very, that very night. And, uh, you know, we post them a day or two later. And so there's uh we're, and we are the only outlet, I think paying attention to this, (laughs) to this television show, which is not doing well in the ratings, but that won't stop us. That won't stop us from covering it faithfully. Uh, so yeah, you can find those on, uh, YouTube. If you, um, If you uh, go on YouTube and search for Overthinking It, uh, you'll find us after Willow Smith.
2: (laughs) That's right. That's what that is. Oh, man. Comes full circle.
0: (laughs) But that's – yeah, that's what – That's
1: Willow Smith, not Will Smith, just to be clear, folks.
0: It's it's his daughter.
1: Oh, wait. Really?
2: Yeah. Willow Smith is Will Smith's daughter. Jaden Smith is Jada Bankett Smith's son.
1: I mean – that that part I knew. I did not know that Will Smith was um. Will Smith yeah, stopped. I think okay. the,
2: the whip her hair back and forth. Ironically,
0: Pete. Pete what? keep their names? <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week with more Overthinking <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Till then, visit us on the web at Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. Yeah. It, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve.
2: cauliflower rice isn't that better than regular rice
0: you know i have a freezer full of it
2: oh Doesn't...
0: this is this
1: this is a macroaggression go <laughs>